today, so let's see if that keeps happening. Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. I don't think I missed anything. If I did, then tough. You'll have to read the bulletin or get it later. Amen. Hey, th- this week as we are going into Mother's Day, as we're praying and thinking and studying and reading the Bible, saying, Lord, what do you want to say? And, and I thought, there's a lot of wet things you can do on Mother's Day, and I really wanted to honor and encourage moms, encourage us to love and honor our, our mothers. And, and I thought, well, we could you know, pick a study, pick a, a woman in the Bible to highlight. And we thought, well, you know, go Sarah, the, the wife of Abraham, the mother of Isaac, or Rebecca, or, or one of Jacob's wives. He had two wives and a couple of other women in his life. So we could have picked one of them. And there really is some amazing women throughout the Bible. But I was led to an interesting Mother's Day passage for today. And, and as we go there, I want to pray. Father, as we go into the Word today, I pray that each mom here, each mother will know their value. God, that you'll minister to each and every mom, each and every mother. And also each of us as individuals, as children. God, I pray that your blessing and anointing would overpower anything that I would say and that they would only hear your words and the things that you want to speak today. And thank you for your blessing on your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's brought to an interesting passage for Mother's Day. It's 1 Kings chapter 3. We're gonna, I'm going to read verses 16 through 28. And this probably is not a traditional Mother's Day text. So bear with me. As we go there, now two prostitutes came to the king, King Solomon, and they stood before him. One of them said, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. Uh, Verse 16, first Kings chapter three, verse 16. Right around verse 17. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son that I had born. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued this before the king. And the king said, this one said, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order. Cut the living child in two and give one half to one and the other half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other says, Neither I nor you shall have him cut him into. Then the king gave this ruling. 
Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Quite a classic story. Many of you were familiar with that. I could tell that some of you were not because of the... the <gasps> we get to the end and we find that... What's the, 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 we see that King Solomon had wisdom to judge and to not be able to prove they didn't have DNA testing. The babies were so young, nobody else could give witness to which baby belonged to which mother. And so most of the time we hear this story, and the, even as it's written in the Bible, is the point is the wisdom of King Solomon to bring judgment, to, to discern. How do you discern which mom is really the mother? Well, the, one, the mother who loves the child so much that she's willing to give him up is the real mom. And so it's a wonderful story, but we learn the primary lesson, and we fail to see the rest of the story. This, this story, this incident, it's not a story. This is an actual event in the Bible. This isn't a parable. It's used for, of God to show how he had given Solomon wisdom, yes. But it also proves his wisdom comes from God. And it provides another insight. And that other insight is that the morals of motherhood. It comes from an unlikely likely source. But we, this story begins to teach us of what is motherhood about? What are the morals of motherhood? And there's three things I want to talk about this morning briefly. And the first one is, is there is no such thing as a perfect mother. This is what we learned by reading this. This morning I picked a, a passage that was even difficult for me to pick because we're talking about mothers, and the very first words out of the passage was, there were two prostitutes. And I don't say this to drag mothers down at all. It's quite the opposite. This story comes this morning to encourage and to build up mothers. There is no such thing as a perfect mom. There is none. And I believe that no one needs to be treated with more tenderness than our mother. Perhaps no one is more caring or conscientious than our moms. And I believe sometimes we're too hard on them. Sometimes they're too hard on themselves. The two mothers in this story, they were prostitutes. They weren't upstanding citizens. Their babies, likely, most likely, were conceived under sinful circumstances. That should grab us a little bit. That should make us sit up in our pew, in our chair, and take notice. This morning, talking about women full of sin that, that God chose to have in the Bible here. Why did Solomon, the king over God's people, even take the time to worry about these women? They were prostitutes. The women and the sinful men that paid for their services were outside of God's will. They weren't upstanding. They weren't moral. And yet God chose to have them here. And then Solomon hears the case. They bring the case before the king. And Solomon hears the case. Why would a king hear a case between two prostitutes? Because he knew that God cared about 
these women. And so he showed care for these women. No mother, no woman, no man is perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect mother. And I don't have to convince you. Man, Ben, this is rubbing on me. I don't have to convince us that we should, as a church, stand for moral purity. I think when we, when we think about the church, we, we think, well, they should be pure. They should, should have morals in the church. But um, in addition to that, the church should stand for forgiveness and restoration. And that's what we see in this story. Two prostitutes who maybe some of us or other people would say, no, we don't want anything to do with them. We don't want to talk stories about them. No, there's res- restoration. There's forgiveness in God, in Christ. And these women were not living up to God's ideals, yet he loved them. He loved them. Now, if any of us ever had to wait for God to love us based on our performance, we'd be out of luck. Because we're all sinners. We're all far from God. We have all messed up tremendously. No mother is a perfect mother just like there aren't any of us in this room today that's perfect. And if there's anyone who we should be willing to overlook faults, I think it should be our mothers. Because they've looked, they've overlooked so many of our own. They've overlooked all the things that we've done. So I think we need to lighten up on mom a little. Part of this message is talking to us in relationship to our mom. We need to lighten up on our moms a little. And moms, you need to lighten up on yourselves a little. Some of you are carrying heavy burdens over supposed failures and things and and even actual failures. But we need to have and understand God's grace and forgiveness. None of us are perfect in this room and none of you moms did the best perfect job in the world. But there is grace this morning for all the times that you are failing right now. I'm looking around the room and we have some current moms and I live with one. And I know that there are days that you get maybe not even to the end of the day. You don't even make it that far. You're halfway through the day and you break down and you cry because you just can't do it. You yelled too much. You spanked too much. You lost your temper. You're not perfect. And I see some moms who have finished the childhood journey and now you're have you have adult children and you look back at all the ways that you've failed and that you fell short there is grace there is God's love there is God's forgiveness he is the redeemer you can't fix it there is love and grace and you need to be able to receive that this morning know that God loves you at whatever stage you're in whatever's happening God can be invited into the situation and he can redeem so much that we cannot redeem. Throughout this morning and in the future, the, the thing that you, that I continually have to come to is, is to receive that forgiveness and to move on. See, God wants, to live, God wants us to live today in the present, and so often we're, we're concerned with what we had done in the past, but God wants to bring healing and forgiveness and come to today. And in order to do that, you have to forgive yourself. 
You have to come to terms with those things. Us as children, we have to work through our difficulties and our situations that we have maybe with a mom or even a dad. And we need to learn how to forgive them and and do this work. We need to learn how to do business with God. To ask Him to work on our hearts. To ask Him to help us live from a place of healing instead of holding on to the past. To come and learn to live today. The Bible says that, behold, today is the day of salvation. All things are new. The old has passed away. Church, moms, dads, everyone, we need to learn how to forgive the past, to let the past be in the past and come today and find out how then shall I live today. And there's going to take a work and a miracle of God to do that because there's a lot of brokenness and hurt. And so you need to invite God into this moment and say, God, heal me. Help me to live in today and move out from the past. Let him do a work, a miracle. And I'm not talking about cheap forgiveness. That's not what I'm talking about. There are true wounds in here. And I'm not just saying to have cheap forgiveness and say, oh, I forgive, I forgive. But God, I'm saying to bring God in and say, God, help me, heal me. Bring some closure to this. And sometimes because of the situations that we've gone through, we can't even ask forgiveness. Possibly the child who we hurt as a parent, maybe there is no relationship left. Or the the mom, maybe she's already passed away. But you can do business with God and have God do a work in your heart that makes you in a place that takes you to a place where you are ready to forgive and to find healing and to let go of those things. In addition to all of this, and because we have all of this, you moms, some of you need to learn to laugh a little bit more and have a good time. And so to lighten up just a little bit, I want to give us a few excerpts from a book called Children's Letters to God. And these are actual letters written by kids to God. Dear God, I read the Bible. What does begat mean? Nobody will tell me. (laughs) Allison, dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to look like that, or was it an accident? (laughs) Norma, dear God, I I went to this wedding, and they kissed right in the church. Is that okay? (laughs) Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Please send me a pony. I never asked for anything before. You can look it up. (laughs) Bruce. Dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp this year. (laughs) Dear God, I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love everybody in the world. There are only four in my family and I can't do it. Dear God, I didn't think orange went with purple until I saw the sunset you made on Tuesday. That was cool. <laughs> you know, those, those letters should, should make us smile. And, and if they do or if they don't, you need to find those in other times. Find something to smile about. Find joy in the journey. Life is too short and God is too good 
to go around frowning all the time. Find joy. Find the peace and presence and forgiveness of God. Don't live burdened by the past, but find joy. There's another moral of motherhood that comes out of the story of, of 1 Kings, and that, that is God has an answer for mother's problems. There, there was a serious problem in this story, and the moms didn't know how to deal with it, and God had a solution. Don't look for stress-free motherhood, you young moms and even old moms. It doesn't exist. Stress-free motherhood doesn't exist. Think about it. From the time, the very beginning, the pains of giving birth to the empty nest, having grandchildren and beyond, I've, I've watched. I had a mom and I live with a mom. Motherhood is tough. It's difficult. It's stressful. And that's why so many moms have to color their hair. I don't, I don't <laughs> my wife doesn't. You know, I don't want to, I don't say these things to discourage anyone, this, this passage, but to encourage, listen, what you're doing, what you're going through is difficult. It is stressful. It was stressful, but there's good news. God is willing and able to help you moms in the problems that you encounter. He is willing and able to come in and be part of the issues that we encounter. He didn't give Solomon wisdom so that people would just come in to the courts and go, ooh, he's got a lot of wisdom. That's not why he did it. He gave Solomon wisdom so that he could rule with wisdom and righteousness and justice. He gave wisdom to help his people, to assist them. He loved those prostitute mothers, and he loved the little baby in the story. So God sent his wisdom to Solomon to save the child. We come into situations all the time where you need the wisdom from God in your situation, and God is willing to dispatch that wisdom if we're willing to seek it and to listen and to act. See, there is that side. We, we have a responsibility. We have to act. We have to ask for the wisdom. We have to seek it out. God has got enough wisdom. He's got enough wisdom to spare for all of our parenting issues. All of the questions we face today. All the questions you'll face tomorrow. Who has some questions? Right? We have them. And he's got enough wisdom for us. And he can guide you in all of the issues, all the kinds of life situations that we face. And today is such a strange day when it comes to parenting because we have single moms, adoptive moms, stepmoms, moms with special needs, moms with kids with special needs, multiple families. Has, does anyone have a family function anymore where there's not something that you go, this is just odd. You have, you have family functions with a husband-in-law, a wife-in-law, and their children. And, and, and God has wisdom to help us navigate all of the difficulties and all of the, the differences that we have. 
and show us how we can live and not just live, but we can have victory. We can have his peace. We can have his life infused into ours. Kids have special needs also. The kids that are growing up in this world have different needs and difficulties than we had when we were young. You know, I, I'm, I'm spending enough time to, with kids to realize that maybe this generation is finally really facing challenges as, that we didn't. I don't know if there was a whole lot of difference between my generation when I was growing up and that of my parents when they were growing up. Sure, there was things, different things and obstacles, but it's like a whole new set of rules today. Do you know God knew that was going to happen? And he's not surprised. And he has the wisdom and the strength and the peace to help us guide through all of these situations. He also gives wisdom to people around you. He can give you direct wisdom, but he gives wisdom to the people that are in your life. One of the reasons that we join together in life groups throughout the week and we come together on a Sunday morning to celebrate is to, to help know that there are people who are walking on this journey with us and that God has given them wisdom to navigate this journey as well. And we need, like the, the woman in the story, we need to go and seek out the wisdom from those that have it. Don't be afraid to ask for advice and wisdom from people who've been where you are. Don't be afraid. But I know how this works because I've been there and am still there as a pastor, as a man of God, as a father. There are things that come up and I go, if I ask what to do in this situation, then they're going to know that I'm having a problem. And I don't want them to know that I have a problem, so I'm not going to ask. Is that how it goes in your mind? We have to say I'm a failure and I need help because the only way to stop being a failure is to get some help and some wisdom in the situation. And so you humble yourself and say, you know what, I, I need some help here. I don't know how to do this. Don't be afraid. This is not a great place for that saying to come in, misery loves company either. Because sometimes what we do when we need wisdom when we don't know what to do, we're doing this and it doesn't seem to work. Rather than do the hard thing and get help from somebody who's going to tell us something that's hard to do, we go to somebody who will tell us what we're doing is actually okay. They find somebody who's going to give us an easy answer so we can just say, well, good, they agree with me and I guess I'm not too bad after all. Uh-uh. Get some wisdom. Get some advice from somebody who's going to tell you the truth. Probably somebody who has success in what you're trying to do. When I go to paint the hallway here soon at the church, we're going to paint the hallway. We're going to do a two-tone thing. We're going to paint, wrap it all the way through the kitchen. We're going to make this place great. You know who I'm going to call? I'm going to call Pat Doldo because he knows what he's doing. I say, Pat, we need to paint this. How, how's the best way to do this? And that means I have to say, I don't know how to do it. Same thing. Parenting. At work. Any situation. Go to somebody who has success and say, I need help. Will you help me? Moms, don't be afraid. Dads, don't be afraid. Don't go to those people who are just going to make you feel bad about being in, feel good about being in the bad place you're in. 
We don't want to feel good about being in the bad place we're in. We want to feel empowered to get out of the bad place we're in and move forward. And that is not easy. It's not. But it's better. It's better. Get wisdom. Get godly wisdom. I tell my boys all the time, anything worth doing is worth doing well. If you're going to do it, might as well do it well, right? Get some help. Now, what I was about to say and, and when I was preparing this, I, I thought about saying, you know, you may not have done everything well so far. And I says, no, you haven't done everything well so far. Uh, isn't that the truth? You know, sometimes we like to sugarcoat things and say, well, maybe you haven't done everything perfectly. No, you haven't. Get over it. Shannon and I joke around sometimes. We, things are going on and we go, I wonder what our kids are going to seek counseling for. <laughs> we're, already, we're already wondering. So this, like, oh, this is going to be one of them. <laughs> you know, we, we just don't do it well. We don't do it all well. We fail. We have our falling shorts. There's grace, but there's also an opportunity to stop now. Get some help. Work at doing it a bit better. You know, we can't become super parents overnight. It's not going to happen. It's, it's, and, and, and you might be, well, I'm already not a parent. My kids are grown. No, you're still a parent. You're a grandparent. And you can't become super grandparent, super parent overnight, but you can get a little bit better. You could do something that's going to change the way you're doing it now. And each day, each week, you can begin to work on these things with God's help. And you can grow and you can get new skills and you can get a hold of your temper or your addiction or whatever it is and begin to rise to that occasion. And thank God your, your accomplishment is not based on whether people see it or your kids have forgiven you yet because I know that there's failure and there's hurt in those areas. But your accomplishment is between you and God, and God will encourage you along the way and say, well done. Well done. A little bit at a time. A little bit to better tomorrow. So ask for wisdom. Ask wise people. God has dis will dispatch his wisdom, and maybe you'll even have an answer for the mom who was tucking her small bed into bed one summer night during a, a thunderstorm, and it was really scary, and she was just about to turn out the light when... When he, when he asked his mom, Mommy, will you sleep with me tonight? And she did what most of us would, most of you moms would do, and she smiled and gave him a reassuring hug and says, I can't sleep with you tonight, dear. I have to sleep with your daddy. And there was silence. Finally, he said, The big sissy. The third moral for mothers, there's nothing like a mother's love. There is nothing like a mother's love. The real mother in the story in 1 Kings would rather see another woman raise her child than to see it split in two. There's no love like the love of a mother. And you have to be willing to give up some things to be a good mother. 
You have to be willing to give up some things to be a good mother. Personal sacrifice. Sacrifice is such a key part of motherhood. And, and guys don't always have it the same as moms. It looks so different. God has put something in you, but you have to accept that. It is part of life, but there's something amazing in moms. It begins by, think about this, sacrificing their own body. Church, these, think about your mom. They sacrificed their own body for nine months to carry their child around, to protect them. We should never forget what they've gone through for us. They fed us. They nourished us. They protected us with their own bodies even before we were born. And I don't know anyone who loves me enough to do that. And it keeps on going. It doesn't stop when we're born. They keep on giving. They get up for midnight feedings. They sacrifice. They give. They put away their personal goals. When we had Matthew... Shannon continued to go for school, to school for a little while. She always wanted to be a nurse, and she was about halfway done, just about to enter the program. And she says, I can't do both. She put away her personal desire, and she's raising four children. And we, she does in other ways, too. We made the decision to homeschool our kids Moms know how to sacrifice. Even sometimes, you know, we get to the end of a vacation and, and we watch some parents who put their kids in school and they go, ah, the kids are back in school. And Shannon goes, now I have to start school. <laughs> There's a sacrifice. And they sacrificed for us. And they, they keep on giving. They keep on giving. How many times did you get a new outfit and mom wore the same old clothes? A teacher asked a class a question, knowing that Bobby had four siblings at home. The teacher knew him well and a mom and dad at home. He says, Bobby, using fractions, if you cut a pie so that everyone in the family can get a, per get a piece, how many will each person get? And Bobby said, one-sixth. And the teacher answered, no, Bobby, I'm sorry. You, you don't know your fractions very well yet. It's one-seventh. There's five children and a mommy and daddy. And Bobby says, well, you don't know my mom well. It's one-sixth because she won't eat any so we can each have a bigger piece. Isn't that mom's? We want to honor moms for all the giving they do. They remind us of a God who is sacrificial in giving. God created mankind in his own image. Don't, don't miss this. God didn't create man in his image and then create a woman and says, well, I don't know about her. He created mankind in his own image. In the likeness of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I believe that the character and nature of God is man and woman. All the attributes, the good attributes of a man and of a woman exist in God. 
And God is that sacrificing, loving, caring side that he instills into moms, into women. And he's also that which he instills into men. We look at moms and we honor moms for what they do and they remind us of the God who is sacrificial as they are. The one who gave his only son for a world of wayward children. That love should never go unnoticed and unappreciated. We need to respond to moms with love and appreciation. Even as we watch that video and he finally realized what it took and he appreciated his wife for loving his children, we need to be continually looking and honoring moms and our own mothers. And I know this is always a difficult day, Mother's Day. Some of us sit in a, in a meeting like this and said, I had a horrible relationship with my mom. Some of us might even say things, some of you might even say things like, not only did you, you might not say I had a horrible relationship with my mom. There might be those who would say, I had a horrible mom. What do you do with that? Well, you invite God into that. And you ask Him to have His way in your heart. You ask for His compassion and His eyes and His understanding. At times, you even ask this, God, is there another interpretation? Help me understand what really happened in my life. And invite Him in and be, let Him do a, a work. Moms, you've sacrificed. There's nothing like your love. God has an answer for all of our issues and all of our problems. And Rest assured, children or mothers, there is no such thing as a perfect mom. So we need to invite God into the moment to say, God, help me get over it. My mom failed me. Bring healing. Bring restoration. Moms, invite Jesus in. Let him come and heal you of the things that were done poorly or even assumed poorly in the past and catch you up to today to understand his grace and mercy and begin to pray for that restored relationship. You can't change the past. I want to pray this morning, and as we pray, I want us to receive the things that God wants to do. Let's close our eyes and Receive this as a prayer as I receive it too. Father God, I pray right now that you would bless moms. God, they worked so tirelessly and still do. They care for us and they pray and they provide and they sacrifice. I pray that you would bless the moms in this room this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help them each know your love. God, you love them with an everlasting love. You showed your love even by extending the invitation and bringing the two prostitute moms, those moms who weren't living right, that were living poorly, and you lifted them up and put them right in the middle of the Bible. And you answered their question. God, you love them. Let them know this morning that you love them, imperfect and all. God, and I pray that you'd help each of them know your grace, your forgiveness. God began to do a healing. Well, I pray that you would encourage them and uplift them for their 
life and their sacrifice. And encourage them for the journey ahead because the journey's not over. We still need them. We need them in the fight, praying for us, loving and encouraging us. So I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them for the, the duties ahead, whether it's a young mom just starting out or a mom who has adult children with children or even children with children with children. Encourage them, strengthen them this morning for the tasks ahead. Strengthen them to let go of the past and receive forgiveness today in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would strengthen each mom to ask forgiveness from you and from maybe their children where it's necessary. And then receive that and move on. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen the moms to ask for help and for wisdom and to do the hard things. Lord, I'll also pray this morning to bless the children from the littlest in the nursery today to all of us adult grown children in the room today. Help us all to know your presence. Whether our growing up was easy or difficult, wrought with wonderful things or even horrible things, help us to know your presence, to know your grace how you rescued us and that you saw us in those difficult times, God. Help us to know your forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong and to learn how to forgive those that hurt us, including our parents. Help all of us as children find healing from the past hurts and prepare our hearts, God, and make them ready and willing and able to forgive those who sinned against us, God. Do a miracle in our hearts. And now, Lord, I pray that you would begin to restore relationships where necessary. It even started that way this morning in prayer. God, that you would mend the broken hearts and mend relationships. I also pray, Lord, that you help all the moms and everyone in this room, but all the moms specifically, that they would find joy in the journey. In addition to all these things, God, help us to learn to laugh more and more as we find the joy in the journey, as we find your grace and your forgiveness and your encouragement and restored relationships and wisdom and all the things that you want to pour out to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.